today's scripture is actually an interesting one because it doesn't seem, I'm talking about from the lectionary, it doesn't seem that this scripture would fit with Christmas. We're on the four-week path of Advent coming to celebrate the birth of Jesus, right? So let's read the scripture together. But in those days, after that suffering, this is Jesus speaking to his disciples, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. Well, of course, if the sun is dark, there's nothing to reflect. And the stars will be falling from the heavens and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds, in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather the elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of, the, of heaven. From the, fig, from the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branches become tender and put forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, the, the things that he talked about in the earlier verses, you know that he is near at the very gate. Truly I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. When is this going to happen? But about that hour, that day or hour, no one knows. Neither the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey. When he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore, keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight or at cockcrow or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. Keep awake. Jesus spoke these words almost 2,000 years ago. And for 2,000 years, Christians have been struggling with the question of when. Advent, the word Advent, means the coming, the arrival of. Life was different before the advent of the internet. You understand what I mean by the word Advent? The coming of. So life was different before the coming of the internet. Do you remember how many of you were doing life, living life before the internet? A lot of you young people don't remember life before the internet. Ari will not ever think about life before the internet. What about life before Google? Some of you remember that. What about life before AI? What is AI? Artificial intelligence. It's a big thing now. People are concerned about AI, about ChatGPT. How many of you have heard of ChatGPT? Okay. How many of you have used ChatGPT? How many are afraid 
of what chat GPT can do. Some of you are really afraid. Okay. Uh, let me put your mind at ease. We have the printed Bible. Hopefully this will make sense. We have the printed Bible and we read it and we can learn from it. And then somebody came along and created something called a concordance. How many of you remember what a concordance is? We have one in the church library. I have one at home. It's about this thick, about this high, a heavy, heavy paper book that has every word of the Bible alphabetically listed with all the verses that it appears in. Great study tool. It took a human mind to think that this would be useful and to come up with this resource for Bible students to be able to study the Bible. So when you come across the word Abba in Hebrew, you would find all the places that the word Abba appears in. Now we don't use the concordance because we have these things. And we have Bibles on here. Right? So if you want to find the word Abba, you open up your Bible app, you type in Abba or Father, and boom, it gives you all the listings of all those things. That's technology. That's advancement. It gives you the ability to do what you could not do with your own powers when you were just reading the Bible on paper. Chat GPT and all these artificial intelligence things are going to present new opportunities, new options for us to maximize our ability as humans to do things. Now, I mentioned to you the computer and the computer's ability to sort and search and do all kinds of things faster. But we also know that the computer or the phone is being used for fraud. Some people can use the computer to send you an email from me that's not from me telling you, hey, listen, I'm sorry, I'm stuck at the airport. I need $500 to be able to process my visa. Can you send me, transfer my money to me immediately? And it's coming from what looks like me. Is it bad that the computer is around? No, the computer is doing its thing. The people are abusing it. Chat GPT is going to be no different. It is designed by humans. It will be abused by humans, and it will be used by humans. The issue is to use it correctly, ethically, as opposed to unethically. And like anything else in the world, it is morally neutral. Now, but the question is, what if it starts developing its own ability to create things? It can't on its own, unless the programmers make it do that. So it comes down to the same thing, human capacity and human power. Will it be abused? Chances are it will be. Will it make videos that look and sound exactly like you and like me and call other people and tell them, hey, listen, I need help? It will probably do those things. The question is how we remain connected. In the midst of all that's happening in technology, you're wondering, where is he going with this and what does that have to do with this? In the midst of all that's happening with technology, it comes down to human connection. If our human connection is broken, then there's an open door for these inhuman entities, voices, to pretend things that are not true. If you know I'm not traveling, if you know I'm living in Toronto and staying in Toronto, and you get an email saying I'm stuck at the airport, then you will know that that's not true. 
But if you and I are not connected and you get that email, you will be suspicious. So I got that email from Pastor Ian a couple of years ago. You know Ian Fitzpatrick. And it was just on the morning of our annual meeting. So it's perfect timing. Now, I didn't know that it wasn't just me that got it, but it was everybody on his mailing list. And he says, I need, desperately, because I'm traveling, I need these gift cards because I'm going to use them as a gift. Can you help me pick up $500 of gift cards? It's not a huge deal, right? It's $500, so it's, it's buyable. 10000 right? 10000 you'd have flags. But five gift cards of $100 each for iTunes, I need them to give them as awards. And I thought, okay, this is for the meeting. So I thought, is this legit? So I went to shoppers. I picked up five blank gift cards and took them with me in the shopper's bag. And I went to the meeting where I know he's going to be and he's leading the meeting. And I said, Pastor Ian, I got you the gift cards. He goes, oh, no, you didn't. I said, yes, I did. Here they are. He goes, you didn't buy them. I said, well, I had to talk to the teller before I couldn't just walk out the store. He, he's still not processing. So I'm, I'm pulling his leg along. He says, you know that was fraud. I said, of course I know that was fraud. And I wouldn't spend money like that without first calling you. But that's the point. Relationships will keep us from falling into these potholes. So when he says that the, the, there's going to be suffering and that the moon will go dark, What happens in the midst of suffering? What is your experience with suffering? What feelings do you feel emotionally? There's going to be physical suffering, he says. There's going to be emotional suffering, relational, financial, all kinds of suffering. One of the things that's associated with suffering is tears. When you're in that pinch, most of us maybe feel we're strong. We can stand against the pressures. But here he's talking about suffering. When we were in Armenia a couple of weeks ago, I shared with you that the Egyptians brought handkerchiefs. Do you remember? Did I tell you the full story? I don't think I told you the full story. Daniel from Egypt heard from God as he was praying and preparing for the trip to Armenia to take handkerchiefs because the Lord wants to deal with the pain of suffering in Armenia. He didn't understand what that meant. He thought maybe because the Armenians had gone through genocide, maybe because of the war with Azerbaijan, he had to take these handkerchiefs. So he speaks to David and David uh, says, okay, I didn't realize that we we're going to be stepping into that heavy pain, but okay, if this is what the Lord told you, go ahead and prepare them. David is thinking, it can't be too expensive to prepare handkerchiefs. It's not like buying gold rings, right? Handkerchiefs, how expensive can it be? So he says, sure. Now we show up and Monday morning, we have a meeting specially with some of the leaders in Armenia at 2 o'clock. I think I shared with you. Shushan's dad was the first that we asked to share. I told you that he spoke about pain and about how the Lord is going to dry every tear. What I didn't tell you is that that morning, 
before he came to that meeting, he was at another prayer meeting. It was an hour long. And if you know Shushan's dad, he is a tough man. And I don't mean tough in the, in the negative sense. He has been through a lot. They have lived through, he's about my age, they have lived through the Soviet pressure and atheism over Armenia in those years. So he and other believers would actually wake up in the morning and they would be praying. And some of them would get the sense that they are to go to a forest and worship God in the forest. He lives in a city that's about an hour, 45 minutes away from Yerevan called Hrastan. And in Hrastan, they would go to the hills and, and to the forest there. And they wouldn't know who they were going to meet. But it turns out the Holy Spirit was speaking to a bunch of them. And they would meet in the forest and worship God together. And then they would hear the cars and the trucks coming and the Soviet soldiers coming. So they would disband and go different places. He's been through a lot. And he's toughened by the suffering that he has had to go through. So he's not unfamiliar with suffering. But he has learned to pack it in. Some of you may have gone through different suffering experiences in your life. And you've learned to keep it down. To compress it. So that it doesn't affect you on the outside. So people can see you as tough. So people can look at you and say, he's an overcoming. She's an overcomer. But there is something that's inside of us that is broken, breaking our hearts are breaking. And there is something that when the Holy Spirit moves in an environment, I don't know if you've been in a room where the Holy Spirit is moving so powerfully that you can't control, but have tears come down your face. In that moment, no matter how strong you are, you know, they, they have this saying, they say, big boys don't cry. Well, that's baloney. Big boys do cry. Big girls do cry. Little girls cry. Little boys cry. We have been made to cry. To have the ability to cry. That's proven by the fact that he's going to wipe away every tear. Revelation 21. So there's tears. So when, when Artavast was sharing, he didn't share all of that. He simply shared about the tears that Jesus is going to dry. But in the morning, in that prayer meeting, one hour, for 40 minutes of it, he was weeping like a little baby. And he didn't understand. He just kept asking God, what is this? So God started to talk to him and showed him that you're crying because of the pain that's inside of you. That needs an outlet. Some of you have been through experiences that are very difficult. Some of you are still going through them. It's okay to cry. It's okay to come to someone and say, hey, listen, man, I need a hug. It's okay to let it out. It's okay to be honest with your pain, with your feeling, with others. It's not an easy life that we go through on this planet. And the Lord doesn't want us to just be metal hard shells or stone hearts. He wants us to be human and alive in every capacity. And as we release our emotions, which are designed by him, they are good for us. They help us. If you keep it packed up inside, it does no good to your body, physically, 
it has consequences on your body. So release it. So he felt that pain. And he also was hearing God say, it's not just your pain, it's the pain of Armenia. And it's a pain in my church. And it's a pain in the body of Christ globally. And he didn't quite fully get it, but he was getting it. He was starting to get it. So he, he came, and when we asked him to speak, all he could think of was what he had just gone through. And as a representative of the Armenians in, in the gathering, he simply shared that Jesus is going to wipe away every tear. And God gave him that verse in Revelation. So here's a man, having gone through his experience, unaware of the Egyptians that were praying, and Daniel and Heidi, his wife, that have prepared and bought and made handkerchiefs, had them made, that have brought them with them, with the same scripture. He speaks about it at 2 o'clock. At 8 o'clock, all the Armenians are standing in the front of the gathering, and different leaders, David and then Eddie from Hong Kong, come to the Armenians and say, hey, listen, we're so sorry. We didn't know what we were coming to when we came to Armenia. We didn't know the pain that you guys have carried over the centuries and not being recognized. The pain of denial. The pain of injustice. So think about this not as a nation, not as, you know, David from Egypt or Eddie from Hong Kong talking to a bunch of Armenian leaders in Armenia, but think of it about your own pain. You know, the, the, the pain itself is terrible. But if nobody acknowledges your pain or even denies your pain, it makes it so that the pain is relived in that moment over and over again. If I tell you, you know, suck it up and get over it, all it does is just compresses your heart even more and you feel that betrayal all over again. If someone has hurt you, if someone has betrayed you, and I come along and say, oh, no, 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 you're, you're fine, just carry on. It just takes that pain all over again. So whatever your circumstance is, don't think of, you know, international things. Think about the personal things. It's on both levels. On the global level, within the family of nations, and on this family level between us. In those days, after that suffering. In other words, there will be suffering. The sun will be darkened. And sometimes you feel like in your life that the sun is, the sun is not shining. Even today, you don't have to wait until the, the coming of Jesus. But the coming of Jesus, we're waiting for his arrival. We're waiting for the advent. So we're standing in the middle here. Just like Israel was, waiting for Messiah to show up. And he comes as a little baby. But he's coming again as the one who's coming to break every bond, to break every chain, and to end all the pain and all the suffering, and to wipe away every tear. So it isn't just Christmas with the little baby, you know, in the manger. It is Jesus on the lion, uh, on the lion of Judah on the horse coming to destroy evil. And this, in this sentence here, and the stars will be falling from heaven. We are surrounded with a whole bunch of stars. Famous names. Of course, he's talking about the physical stars. But there are many stars. They are the ones that are setting trends. 
They're the ones that have millions and millions of followers on Twitter and on X and on Instagram and all of that. And they tweet one thing and, you know, they are so popular that they can actually change the course of economies with what they say and what they do. Not just the movie stars and the song, uh, the, the musicians, the sports athletes, the politicians, all of these big names, the stars. But then he also talks about the powers so he's really not just talking about physical planets and stars and, and, and you know, to, uh, terrestrial beings or celestial beings. He's talking about powers, principalities that are in heavenly places that rule the earth. Demons, powers of darkness, they're all going to fall. There's suffering that we go through right now. But we're holding on and we're waiting for that time where all that suffering will come to an end. So endure. And he says, be alert. I say to, to you, keep awake. And I say this to all, he says. This is Jesus speaking. I say to all, be awake. Now have you had the experience of spending a couple of days awake without sleep? <laughs> what does it feel like? Are you a happy, good person at that time? Are you friendly to be around? Is the smallest thing become very huge irritation? You know, we have something we call hangry. When you're hungry and you become angry. But I'm not sure what we call sleep anger. Or sleepless anger. But I know when I don't sleep properly, my body aches. My joints don't feel the same way. My hips don't move the same way. I'm tired. And I know that when Silva talks to me after I haven't slept for one or two nights properly, she's the first person that I attack. I love her. She's the love of my life, but I attack her. Have you been there? It's normal. I'm okay, thank you, I'm normal. <laughs> but it doesn't make me a good person at that time, right? But he says, keep awake. Keep awake. There is actually sociological and, and social studies that are being conducted on the effects of what they are calling hypervigilance, hyper-alertness. And it's anxiety, Shortness of breath, tremors, you know, like uh, if you haven't slept properly and you just keep caffeinating to keep going, have you had that experience? How many have had that when they've had to submit papers at school or you've had a lot of projects at work and you just keep drinking caffeine to just keep going? Have you noticed that things move faster than what they're actually moving? It feels like everything is moving faster. That's my experience. And uh, there are many triggers that happen. But these are studies that are being conducted because when we're over-stimulated, when we're over, when we're hyper-vigilant, like we're totally alert, 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 it has harm to you. But this is not what Jesus is talking about. He's talking about a different alertness, a different awakeness. He's not talking about being so awake that you don't sleep physically. He's talking about your spirit being awake. 
your spirit being sensitive to what is happening around you. Your spirit not falling asleep. When you're driving, you can't afford to fall asleep. And now they're building technology in cars that will keep track of your ability to be in the lane. Have you noticed those new technologies? They're called lane-keeping systems. So as soon as you start drifting, it will start shaking the car or your tires or something to, keep, to wake you up. And then after a while, if you keep doing this a few times, it will pop up a message on your screen and say, time for a coffee break. Pull over. Okay, so Jesus is trying to keep our spirit awake like that. He's telling us that there are some things that are going on so in the midst of your suffering, in the midst of your circumstances, in the midst of the things that are causing you tears and pain and relational, financial, health issues, stay awake to the reality of the time. This passage starts with verse 24. But 12, verse before that, verse 23, he says, but it, be alert. He doesn't say be awake. He says be alert. I have already told you everything that's going to happen. We don't know the time. And you know, in the first century after he was resurrected and taken up to heaven, some people sold all their properties thinking that he's going to come back in their lifetime. He's going to come back for sure. Okay, that I can guarantee you. Not me, but God. I'm just his agent. He's going to come back for sure. In the same way he came the first time. Israel was expecting a Messiah, but they didn't know what kind of Messiah it's going to be. He came as a little baby in a manger. He came. We Christians today, whether from Jewish blood or Gentile blood, we have recognized that and come to receive him as the Messiah of the Jews that they were waiting for, but they haven't received yet. But he's coming a second time, he promised. And he told us the details. And when he comes the second time, he will come as a different Messiah figure than the baby that came in the manger. He's going to come as the lion, not the lamb, not the one who had to die, but the one who's resurrected and who's going to crush all evil, who's going to shake the heavens and bring down all those things. As a matter of fact, one of the other passages of today's scripture is in Isaiah. And he says, it's a prayer. He says, rend, rend, excuse me, R-E-N-D, rend, tear apart the heavens and come down. So this is the Messiah that we're waiting for. He has come as a baby. We're celebrating his birthday. We're doing all those nice things. You know, the kids need that. We need that. We need to see him in the form that he came the first time. But we're anticipating something bigger. We're anticipating a Messiah that's going to open the heavens, come down. And we're staying alert. We're staying awake. So that's why we don't forsake coming together. We don't forsake assembling together on Sundays. We don't stop meeting during the week in small groups. Why? So that we can encourage each other to stay awake. If I'm driving at night and I haven't slept for one or two nights and I'm all alone in the car, I'm dependent on the car systems and if I have an older model that doesn't do those things or if I'm very tired and I don't notice to pull over for a coffee break, I'm heading to a crash. But if I have other people in the car with me and they notice my car is shaking to the right or left, even if it's just one person, 
She turns to me and she says, are you okay? Do you need me to drive for a little bit? You can take a nap? That's what our family is like. That's what the church is like. We're in a family. We're in the middle of the troubles. In the middle of our becoming less alert than we should be, somebody else is in the car with us saying, hey, listen, do you need me to drive a little bit? Do you need to take over? The, do you want to take a rest? Should we pull over? Take a fresh, you know, refresh yourself. Wash your face. Do something. We need that. I need that from you. You need that from me. We need that from one another. He has not left us. He has already told us everything. And the everything includes the church that he is building on the testimony of Peter. So as we come to this Easter, uh, to, uh, to this Easter as we come to this time of celebrating his birth, we're looking not only for Christmas to come, you know, and Christmas has been stolen with all the commercialization. But there's something that they can't steal. And that's his coming as the Messiah, the King of Kings, the one on the throne, the one on the horse that's going to tear down. And then we're going to see all the powers of heaven and shaken. And then he says here, he's going to gather from the winds, to the, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. Every person that has called on his name, that is living on earth, that has already passed into the cloud of witnesses. We're all going to be gathered together in his presence. Why? Where am I here? Because heaven and earth will pass away. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And his word is sure. The word that he has already told us. So I encourage you. If you're feeling tired. If you're feeling worn out. The handkerchiefs there. Tell someone. Don't keep it in. Tell someone. Listen, I need you to wipe my tears for me. You know what the international did with the Armenians? They grabbed the Kleenex boxes and they were crying with the Armenians. They wiped their own tears and then they took other Kleenexes and wiped the tears of the Armenians. And then they got on the floor and started to wipe their shoes with their tears filled, with their tear filled handkerchiefs or, or paper napkins. We need that. We all need that. This journey isn't meant to be all on our own. We're meant to be a society together, a family together. So let's stand and we'll pray. Father, as you scan this room, you scan those who are watching online or later on the recording, whatever our circumstances are, whatever our pain is, whatever our suffering is, you know you've been walking with us through it. Some of it may be fresh. Some of it may be so old that our hearts have become hard. We have calluses from pushing against it. But Lord, for you, it's never too late. You want to touch us in those areas and you want to bring healing. So today, Lord, in anticipation for that day where you will wipe our tears for good, for no more tears. While we're still on this earth and we still have suffering and we still have tears, 
we ask you today in your spirit just touch us wipe our tears open us up to one another that we become comfortable in telling one another I'm in pain so that the others would reach out with your hands they would come and represent you to touch us and bring healing to us your healing through them knit us tighter together Lord and not only us but make us a community that can do that with those around us our friends, our neighbors, our families Lord we are the extension of your heart we are your body here on earth we want to step into the fullness of what that means in the time that now there is suffering until the end we are your hands and feet may the Lord bless you now as you head out into your week may he give you opportunities to be his light to be his hands to be his handkerchief to be his expression on earth of goodness in the midst of the pain of those around you God bless you have a wonderful week and we'll see you either in the small groups or here next Sunday love you all